And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. We're, we're going to get there in a few moments. But I just want to celebrate two things. I just love being a part of a church where God is just saving people, transforming people. But also, it's not just about what God's doing in here and what it's doing in individual lives, but it's what he's doing through us as well. Just yesterday, if you would have driven by here, you would have seen the parking lot filled with cars. Uh, we had uh, our annual expungement summit was just yesterday. Now, uh, within a few short periods of time, we're actually doing two because this was all the backup from COVID, still processing all of those requests. And if you don't know what the expungement is, summit, this is where we partner with our judicial system. We get the county clerk uh, to, to waive all kinds of fees. We get judges to make special dispensation for a day. We get lawyers and judges in the room. We try to get everything in the room needed to do two things. We want to um, either seal records for people who qualify for that or, in, or expunge them completely, any felonies, any misdemeanors from, from people's records, things that happened a long time ago shouldn't keep them from upward mobility. And so we had 120-something people, families coming through yesterday to do that. Come on here to this place. It's just wonderful. I just love that. I, I, every time I've been here, there's always stories. People come out, and I've, seen pe I've heard of people literally, they get on their knees and just weep because they said, I've tried forever and ever to get this, and this is the first time I've ever been able to do it. The next one will be in April. We'll give you plenty of time uh, for that. If you know someone or maybe even you yourself need to avail yourself to that, we want to help in any way possible there. Uh, second thing um, that I think is good to celebrate is our, our big give. It's coming up in two weeks, and already we already have over 1,400 families registered. That's amazing, isn't it? That's it. That's, I mean, that's a whole lot of turkeys. And the price of turkeys went way up. It was in their 20s. Now they're in their 30s, $30 of turkey. And it's, that, that one event costs $55,000 to $60,000 for us. And we partner with different organizations to help do that. But we have, uh, you've given, and in many ways, the money uh, through the miracle offering uh, that we do every year. We do it right, right before so we can pay for next year so aka shameless announcement next week is the miracle offering be praying about what you're going to give but uh we have paid for it we have signed up all the people now guess what we need is volunteers come on somebody amen i got an amen the one organizing it said amen so two weekends from now, Friday night is the bagging party. I like to call it the dance party. We got a DJ in the room, man. We're going crazy. We're having fun. You got kids. That's the one you want to be in. Kids everywhere. We're bagging the groceries, putting the, everything in place for the next day. We need drivers. We need uh, people to help hand out the turkeys. Man, if you have a team, you have a group of people you want to bring, that's fine. We got to, it takes hundreds and hundreds of volunteers, mayors, police chiefs, politicians, coaches. I'm people from all over the community going to be here. We'd love for you. You can uh, sign up uh, scanning the QR code on the back of the chair. You can go to the welcome station afterwards. You can sign up on the app. You can sign up online and we're trying to make it as easy as possible uh, for you to do that. If you're like, I don't want to do any of that, I want to go tell somebody, go out in the lobby and we'll help you out. Okay. So, again, just love for you to be a part of that. Now, the book of Daniel is a, really a, a story of a primary individual, Daniel. Uh, 
who when examined early on as a teenager, it said that he was found 10 times greater than all of his peers. That's where we're getting the, seri- uh, the title of the series, 10X. And our hope is, is that we live in a growingly godless culture, that we would, be, we would grow more and more godly, that when examined, we would be examples of righteousness and convictions. That rather than Babylon, like we've been talking about, the world influences us, we would bear great influence on the world. There is a quote uh, that we, uh, from C.S. Lewis, the great apologist, the, the great um, writer, speaker, uh, author, who said this, is that if everybody's running towards a cliff, the person who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost their mind. I just love that. If everybody's running towards the face of a cliff, the person running in the opposite direction appears to have lost their mind. You know, it was with Jesus in the book of Mark. They talked to him, and one of the phrases they said was, uh, they said, you have lost your mind. When the apostle Paul spoke before one of the Herods, he said, much learning is driving you mad. You have lost your mind. How many know you're in good company if you're being compared to Jesus in the Apostle Paul? And what you see in the scriptures here, guys, is this. In the book of Daniel, everybody's running one way, but Daniel's going the other way. In the book of Daniel, chapter 6, this is the third king. He's 80 years old. He started roughly 1920 in his leadership. Now he's in his 80s. He has served at a high position. Uh, This is now his third king. He's 80-something years old, and he's still doing it at 80 years old. Come on. And this is King Darius, the third king. And the new king comes and switches the political system. He puts three people in charge, Daniel and two other individuals. Then underneath the three, he puts 122 governors, satraps, leaders. And what they don't know is that the king was considering putting one over the three, and that was going to be Daniel. Now, what we find out is the other two out of the three were corrupt. And when they get word that Daniel is going to become the chief ruler over the nation, besides the king, they realize that their money's going to stop flowing. Their corruption's going to be exposed because Daniel, they couldn't find any fault with him. They knew his integrity. So they try to find fault with how he does his business, but they examined it and they could find nothing wrong. So then they set a clever trap to find fault with his faith. And they make a decree. They trick the king into making a decree that anybody who prays to anybody for one month other than the king is going to be put in a lion's den, immediately judged, and put in a lion's den. This is where we get the statement. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians because it was their law. Once the king has spoken, the king can never go back on his word. And so knowing that he's trapped, King Darius has to, because he's spoken these words, put Daniel in a lion's den. And so what I want to do is I want to read you this part of the story. Now, from this moment on, it's roughly 24 hours of time to the end of this chapter. Here's what it reads in Daniel uh, chapter 6, verse 16. It says, so the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring 
and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. So he was making sure that nobody was going to, if the lions didn't do it, nobody was going to go in there and kill Daniel in the night. It says, then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. Now, they kept these uh, lions in a state of perpetual hunger so that whatever they put in there, they would be carnivorous and they would be ferocious when they would put people in there. There was a middle wall that they would lift up whenever they would put somebody in, they would lift it up, and then the lions would come and attack. The king got up and he hurried to the lion's den, and when he came near the den, he called to Dan Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, the servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lion's den? That's a great question. I love Daniel's response here. Daniel answered, may the king live forever. Woo, come on. I think he just said that with a little bit of sass and attitude. <clears throat> may the king live forever. Come on, somebody. May God, my God, sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I have found, I have been found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. Now the king was overjoyed and gave orders, orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought into the lion's den. This is kind of intense here, along with their wives and children. And before, watch this, and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Man, what a tragic ending to that story. Uh, you know, when I, I was reading this story, I thought of, uh, I found myself recently in a, a lion's den of sorts. I was at the University of Illinois football game, and somebody was sitting in my seat. <laughs> you ever been there? I paid for these tickets. That's where I'm going to sit. So I went one section over in the same seats. And so nobody was sitting there, and nobody sat there for the rest of the day. Well, I'm watching this game, my wife and I, Shay and I, we're watching this game and, and, and come to find out that one section over that we were sitting in was the Penn State section. <laughs> I'm surrounded by a sea of white jerseys and everybody cheering, man, they're going to town and they had a lot to cheer for in that game, come on. It was close, but towards the end, <clears throat> I don't know why, I don't know how they knew, but I guess I was the only Illinois fan sitting in a sea of Penn State fans and their mascot is the Nittany Lion. And that, you get a picture of this, if, if it's on the screen, if we got it. That lion mascot came and literally sat right behind me in the section. I don't know, did we get it? Shake a hand, nope, it's not happening. Okay, next service. I'll, I'll let you see it next service, but you won't be here, so there you go. But I, I and I literally thought, it's like, man, I feel just like Daniel in the lion's den right here. Can't do nothing. God deliver me in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there's a lot of principles to be learned from this little uh, historical narrative in the Bible. And, and to tell that story, I'm not going to preach the rest of the sermon. Because uh, today, I wanted you, one of the things that we love to do at Stone Creek is we love to give young leaders opportunities to preach. And to learn that skill. A lot of churches won't do this, but we do. We tag team. And we have a new member on our staff, and uh, she comes, come on, 
She comes from the state of Indiana. Now, her and I are proof that good things can come out of the state of Indiana. More than just all those national championships in basketball, just saying. But <clears throat> just saying. We're proof that good things can come out of Indiana. And if you haven't met uh, Megan Jones, you're in for a real treat. Uh, and she is doing an amazing job. She's been here for about two months. And I have, well, I, I think in two months, I've given you like 10 nicknames or something right there. It's, she's just... It's awesome, and she's finishing up her seminary degree. She'll be graduating from seminary and becoming a licensed pastor in May, and uh, she's a pleasure to have with us, and so here's what I want you to do. I say this, the Chicago Bulls had their version of MJ, but now Snow Creek has their version of MJ. We got the better MJ up in here. That's a new one, MJ, okay? And here's what I want you to do. Now listen, could you imagine preaching in front of all these people. You're 21 years old, and you're preaching a sermon that doesn't even know everybody in the room. So here's what I want. I want you to smile. I want you to laugh at the jokes, even if you don't think they're funny. <laughs> I want you to clap, snap. I want you to amen her. And I want you to help her feel like a million bucks as she comes to the stage. Now, would you welcome Megan Jones? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. I will, I assure you, my jokes are funny. My jokes are funny. Well, I just want to say that I am so humbled and honored to be here with you all, to get to serve on staff at Stone Creek Church. You know, Stone Creek Church is very unique. I want to say that I am so honored and so humbled by the welcoming and by how you guys have shown me love over the past two months. So thank you, thank you, thank you for welcoming me to Stone Creek Church. The presence of God is surely in this place. The presence of God is surely in this place. You know, I don't have quite the lion story as Pastor Ricky does, but I do have the experience of growing up on a farm. And on the farm, when you're around eight or nine years old, there's a lion that seems to always chase you around. And you might be thinking in your head, man, what is the lion of the farm? And I assure you, you are definitely not thinking of this animal. When you are eight years old, and a big rooster is chasing you around the farm. This big old rooster is chasing you around the farm. It feels like a real-life lion is chasing you down, seeking to devour you. You know, you might be saying, Megan, why were you scared of the rooster? It's smaller than you. Well, when you're three feet tall, okay, when you're vertically challenged, as I am, when you're three feet tall and this rooster is two feet tall and it's chasing you, there's not much of a height difference, you know? There's not much of a height difference. So that is my lion story. The lion of the farm, ladies and gentlemen, a rooster, a rooster. <laughs> You know, Proverbs 28, verse 1 says this, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as 
a lion. You know who was as bold as a lion? Some would say he was a lion, Daniel. All throughout the book of Daniel, we could see him being as bold as a lion. And for the next couple of moments we have together, we're gonna look into some principles, three principles or three lion truths, if you will, that Daniel lived his life by that I believe, if implemented into our lifestyles, can serve us well. I'm gonna give them to you now so we can all track together. Lion truth number one is this. Daniel was a person of prayer. Daniel was a person of prayer. Lion truth number two. Daniel was a person of conviction. Daniel was a person of conviction. And the third line truth today is this. Daniel was a person of influence. Daniel was a person of influence. You know what's interesting about these three lion truths is that they all build upon each other. We have our prayers, and from our prayers, we get our convictions, and from our convictions, our convictions lead our influence. So they all build upon each other. So lion truth number one, prayer. Daniel was a person of prayer. You know, prayer was one of the keys to Daniel's success. We can see it all throughout the book of Daniel. Prayer was, if you will, the secret sauce. It was the secret ingredient to Daniel's success. You know, something that I'm known for is my shoes. You can all see my shoes today. Okay, okay, you can see them after service. They're very intricate. You know, something about these shoes is all my shoes have a story. I, how I got them, you know, what they mean to me, all of these type of things. And these, store, these shoes right here, these took me the longest to get. Get this, if you are a sneakerhead, you know what it means to put your name in on a drop and then not get the drop because Nike only gives like 100 shoes at a time, right? So I didn't get the drop the first time. And I go to North Carolina about two months later at a Nike outlet. I see these shoes that I'm wearing right now in a size five and a half. Now I wear a size eight. So there is no way on God's green earth that I'm sticking my feet into a size five and a half. Now, if you have a size five and a half, more power to you, but these are eights. These are eights right here. So I go there, my friend is like, wow, I really want these shoes. And I spent the whole day telling her about these shoes. Ironically enough, we find them at the Nike outlet. And she's like, well, do you mind if I buy them? And in my head, I'm thinking, "Mm, sure, sure, I don't care, I don't care. Well, here is where God steps in. Three months later, I graduate from Impact Master's Commission, and as I was commemorated for my time at Master's Commission, these shoes on my feet were a gift from the organization. I'm telling you what, that is the story of the shoes, the story of these beautiful shoes. You know, Daniel was known for his prayer life. Daniel was known for being a person of prayer. You know, the most important part of our life, get this, the most important part of our life is the one that only God sees. It's the one that's invisible to man, but visible to God. The most important part of our life is the one that only God sees. 
See, Daniel implemented this principle of prayer into his life by establishing, get this, a continuous rhythm of prayer. He was continually in his prayer. He had a set time, he had a set place, and he had a set direction in which his prayers went. <clears throat> he had a time and a place. The word says that he prayed three times a day in his upper room facing Jerusalem, three times a day in his upper room facing Jerusalem. You know, as I was researching and studying for this and talking to Pastor Ricky, I found out that most miracles, this is interesting, most miracles that happened in the Bible happened around these three times of the day, around 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. So the day of Pentecost likely started at 9 a.m. It says in the word that Daniel got visions from the Lord during his morning prayer time at 9 a.m. It's, it's at the most times that we spend in our prayers, the set time of prayer. He had a set time and a set place. And he had a direction in which he faced. Our prayers are determined by the direction. Get this. Our prayers are determined by the direction in which we set our face. You either set your face, get this, you set your face towards Babylon. You set your face towards the world. You go to the world to answer your prayers. Or you set your face towards Jerusalem. You go to God to answer your prayers. I don't know about you. But I'm trying to be like Daniel. I'm trying to be over here. And I'm trying to listen to God to answer my prayers. You know, what's interesting is you get to choose. You get to choose which direction you face. You get to choose whether or not you have a set time, a set place, and a set direction. You know, prayer is the foundation. And the next building block, once we have an established rhythm of prayer, we have our convictions. Our convictions come from our prayers. Daniel was, line truth number two, Daniel was a person of conviction. You know, there's an old urban legend that tells the story or tells a radio a conversation between a radio, a radio conversation between a Navy vessel and a civilian. And the Navy vessel is out in the water. This is before radar was a thing. And they see a light out in the distance and it's dark outside. That'll make sense that it's dark outside based on this story. And he gets on his little radio, the Navy commander, and he says, this is aircraft carrier Enterprise. We are a large warship of the U.S. Navy. Divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid collision. I repeat, divert your course. And the civilian gets on and says, I recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid collision. So then, this is, probably, this is what would be going in, on in my head. The audacity of this person. I am the U.S. Navy, people. You cannot be telling me this. And he gets back on, and he says something like this. He says, <clears throat> this is the U.S. Navy. I repeat, divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid heavy artillery. I repeat, divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid heavy artillery. And the civilian, get this, the civilian ends the whole conversation with six words. You ready for it? This is a lighthouse. Your call. This is a lighthouse. Your call. 
<laughs> you know, I tell you this story because oftentimes we are the worship, right? We are the one trying to push our own agenda, trying to push who we are, and God is the lighthouse. Here's the thing. It's not the word that needs to change, right? God is never going to change. It's us that need to change. Amen. You know, conviction is the protection of God on our future. Conviction is the protection of God on our future, right? God sees what we can't see. It's the protection of God on our future. Conviction is listening to the small voice of God and obeying it. Whether that is the written voice of God, whether that is the word, or that is the inner voice of God, that's the Holy Spirit. It is a matter of listening and obeying. It is a matter of listening and obeying. Every time we listen to God's voice and not our own, that is conviction. See, we could see Daniel's convictions exemplified through his character. Daniel 6 says something along these these lines of Daniel's character. Daniel was known for being a person of excellence. They could find no fault about him. He was a person of integrity. That was his earthly, get this, this was his earthly reputation. Now watch this. Daniel 10, an angel of the Lord says to him, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But Daniel, both of his reputations matched up. I don't know about you, but I want both of my reputations to match up. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Man, Daniel had an earthly reputation and a heavenly reputation, and they both matched up. If heaven is saying the same thing as earth, man, you got it going on. You got it going on. You got it going on. See, it's better to maintain our conviction. It's better to hold on to what we know that God says than to compromise for an earthly pleasure that will eventually fade away. An earthly pleasure that will just be a moment, just a glimpse in our whole life. You know, this, this whole thing, this whole story happened in the course of 24 hours. And I don't know about you, but I want to be the person that will wait for the reward and not sacrifice it for it now. I want to be a person who has so much self-control that won't budge or make way for the enemy on my convictions. Because if earth won't reward me, then surely heaven will every single time, every single time. Okay, so we have the foundation. We have our prayer. And from our prayer, we get our convictions. And our convictions lead us to our influence. Daniel, line truth number three. Daniel was a person of influence. Daniel was a person of influence. Influence is determined, get this, influence is determined by how well you handle what you didn't see coming. Influence is determined by how well you handle what you didn't see coming. See, Daniel didn't see the lion's den coming. He didn't wake up in the morning and say, hmm, I might be thrown into a lion's den today. You know what I'm saying? He did not see it coming. And how many of you have ever been in a situation before when you walked into thinking, oh, this is probably going to be the outcome. And in a matter of seconds, it feels as though you are in a lion's den and you are about to be devoured. How many of you have ever felt that way? I'm telling you, me, me, I'm going to raise my hand. See, Daniel went, watch this, Daniel went from being one of three head officials at the beginning of the day 
to being thrown into the lion's den, then by the end of the day, being a V-head official. It was a matter of seconds. It was a matter of seconds that everything changed. See, it went from King Darius saying, I am the only God of whom you should serve to your God is the only God. Your God is the only God who will suffice. How many know that our God is the only God? See, our influence, our influence comes from God. Our influence comes from God and our influence influences others. The influence that we get from God influences others. She may offer some encouragement to someone in the room who feels like they are in a low place, that feel as though they are in a lion's den. I wanna tell you something. The angel of the Lord showed up in the den. The angel of the Lord showed up in the low place. The angel shut the mouth of the lions and kept Daniel company in the low place. It's in the low place that the presence of God is standing right beside us. Man. Oh, man. See, Daniel's influence grew through the suffering, and God will grow our influence through three things. He'll grow our influence through trials that come from him, through temptation that comes from the devil, and through persecution that comes from God, or from the world, sorry, from the world. <laughs> you know, Here's, the, here's one more bit of encouragement. The den for Daniel was not the end. If you are in a low place today, let me tell you something. The den is not the end. It's in a matter of seconds that everything will change. It's in a matter of seconds. God showed up in the den. Mm. You can go from a den to a palace in one day. From a den to a palace in one day. Our influence is determined by how well we handle what we didn't see coming. When Daniel didn't see the decree saying that he could no longer worship God, what was his first response? Before he said anything, he found his place, he got on his knees, and he directed his prayer towards heaven. He directed his prayer towards heaven. So I ask you this, so I ask you this, are you, how are you going to handle the things you don't see coming? How are you gonna handle the things you don't see coming? So our prayers give us our convictions and our convictions lead our influence. I don't know about you, but I'm so encouraged by how fast God can take me from a low place to a high place. I'm so encouraged by when we align ourselves with God principles and allow him to determine the platform, we become as bold as the lion. Daniel, thank you. Hey, hey, but that's it. That's what I'm talking about. You did it. You killed it. Hey, that's it. I'm, hey, stay standing. We're going to close this thing out. I, I'm about to retire. We got another preacher on the stage. I'm going to ask the worship team uh, to come, please. Megan, you did great. I'm so proud of you. Wonderful.
And I'm just going to have to have you start picking out my shoes because my shoe game is nowhere near your shoe game. Just wonderful. You know, I want to, as we just get ready to close, and uh, we're just, uh, we finish our service, as always, with uh, prayer and worship. You, we have worshiped the Lord at the beginning. We've heard an encouraging word today. And now it's time to create a moment where you get to talk to the Lord because the word, when the word's preached, it's important that we respond uh, with prayer. I want to just, we sang a song here at the end called, He's More Than Able. You know what's interesting to me? When the king has found his first words to Daniel when the stone was removed, he said this, Was the God you serve able to deliver you? Was he able to deliver you? I had that phrase as I was just reading that this week stuck out to me. We serve a God who's more than able. In the book of Romans, uh, verse 4, it says this. It says, there were some people, a group of people, the, 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 the times past, the patriarchs are the faith. It says that they became fully convinced that the one who promised was able to complete what he'd promised. I just love that this week. He was able. The scripture says this, that he's able to save to the uttermost. You know what I pray here almost every week is, Lord, I pray that you'd save to the uttermost. The person who feels the furthest away, the least deserving, the, the worst sinner, the person who sunk the lowest, ran the farthest, Lord, would you reach out and save to the uttermost, because if God can save to the uttermost, which he can, then he can save everyone in between here today. Amen. And then it says this, Ephesians 3, it says, And now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can even ask, imagine, or think, according to the power that works within you, I just sense this. We have seen some wonderful stories of, of God's life-transforming power. I just wonder if we could close. We heard a credible story preached about God's miraculous deliverance from a lion's den. I just want to focus in on God's ability to change a situation, change to save. And I want us to honor his ability, his saving power, by just bowing our heads and closing our eyes. And putting our hands out in front of us, palms up. Could we do that as a sign of humility? Even if you don't even believe in God, do this for a moment here. Let me speak to the, to the first part of the room. If you're here and you become fully convinced that Jesus is the Son of God. And he is the only one able to save. Even if you feel incredibly low and far away from him. Stop telling him what he can't do. Even if you used to serve him, but you walked away from him. But you're here today and you want to be born again. Maybe you came to watch a friend get baptized, a daughter, a relative. And you want that to be done in you. This is your moment. This is your moment right here where you say yes to Jesus. And just simply as you're there in a place of humility, I trust in you, Jesus. Save me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. Live in me. I give my heart to you. And as they're praying a salvation prayer, I want to speak to the other side of the room. Those who are already in Christ. Come on. He is able. He is able this morning. 
I just want you to just thank the Lord for his ability. Just right here, I want you, why don't you just even say those words. I thank you that you're able. You are able, Lord. It says in the book of Luke, all, with him all things are possible. And I just want to give you a moment. Maybe you feel like you're in the lion's den, or maybe you need healing, or maybe you need him to do something in your life. Come on, you need him to restore a marriage. You need him to restore you. You need him to do something that's beyond your ability. Would you, with hands extended right now, pray and ask him to do something supernatural? Come on, say, Lord, I place that in your hands. I place that person, that decision. I put it in your hands, your ability. God, you are able. You're more than able. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's far away from the Lord. He's able to save to the uttermost. Just call their name before the Lord. This is a beautiful sermon to do just that. He is able to deliver you. And maybe you just need the presence of the Lord to stand near you right now. And you're reminded of that truth. He's right there with you. You're in the hardest moment of your life. It came out of nowhere. But the presence of the Lord is with you. Thank him for his presence. He will shut the mouths of lions. He will shut the mouths of those who are accusing you. May their voices like lions, may they be shut now in the name of Jesus. May your integrity defend you and watch over you. Father, I thank you for this wonderful word that Megan brought to us today. I pray that you will save now and you will take these words and sear them in our souls. May we be also just like Daniel in a godless culture. May we be people of prayer, people of conviction, and ultimately, Lord, when you give us a platform, people of influence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, that's it. Let's close by singing the chorus of that song, He is more than able.